Hey y'all, welcome back. You're listening to The Strut Talk and I'm your host Ozzy, here with another joint, another episode, and excited to have you here on the other end. I really wanted to come here and talk to you about something that I know that we're all doing, whether we're doing it intentionally or subconsciously. Manifestation. I'm gonna say it again for the people in the back. Manifestation. Wow, that that was a little bit corny, but it's okay. It it literally speaks to how I feel about this. I think it's so powerful. It's so real. It's so deep. And I'm sure that there's so many moments that we can all recount of manifesting or seeing something materialize that we felt deep in our bones. Like peep this story right here. If you want to know anything about me, you need to just know I've always felt like I was going to live in LA. I actually kind of had like this maybe weird obsession with it. Like I used to tell people in college that I was from LA. <laughs> Shame, but <laughs> I love the Bay, I do. But you know, someone told me that I could be from Ladera and I was like, cool, I ran with that. But anyhow, spent spring breaks in LA, used to come visit family down in LA. And in maybe 2018, when I came down here to visit with my mom, my sister, so my mom could attend her reunion. We were driving down a road and I was just looking around and I was like, I'm going to live in LA. And a year later, I was living in LA, down the street from that road that we drove down. And I'm just telling you, when I drive down that road now, all I can think is it's unreal to have spoke this into my life. And that's how I feel about manifestation. It's not coincidental. There's no such thing as coincidence in the universe. All of our energies are working towards something and that's something powerful to discuss, to revel in, to talk about. So I thought it'd be interesting to get on here and talk about how we can manifest the life that we're looking for. But more importantly, how we can think about manifestation beyond just expecting something to turn up one day because you had a dream about it or you slept on it or you're thinking about it. And I thought it was only right to pull in someone who I love so dearly and who I know y'all are going to think is dope as hell after listening to this episode. So let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Let's chit chat about manifestation. I definitely want to have a very intentional space around where we want to go, the life we want to create, the people that we want to be, and working towards that. Important and topics. Yeah, that's that's definitely the intention that's here because, you know, it's easy to get kind of looped in. I feel like I've been on... Um, just go mode and I haven't had a lot of time to just sit with things or to sit Mm -hmm. with what I want because I'm kind of just in a go 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 mode trying to figure everything out trying to get things done and yeah I this conversation is really meant to be a stop and a pause and a check-in and for those who are just checking in to the podcast this is my friend Fatima, but I call her Fati. <laughs> Hi. I'm so excited to have her here in the space with us. And we were just setting the intention of what this is supposed to be. You didn't just randomly drop in. We were setting intention. But now <laughs> that I said what I'm looking for, Fati, please, what's the intention you're looking to open up in this space? Well, first, I want to thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this beautiful, like, creative project that 
I don't know actually how long you've been speaking like to and you know <laughs> putting your intentions out there it's like manifested to it being a reality in 2022 yes um I know talking about it definitely in 2020 right but how long yeah how long, yeah <laughs> it's been a minute because it's gone through different iterations so mm-hmm. it's definitely been something that has been talked about and then it was transformed into something else and now it's back so it is kind of crazy to see it actually here like when I dropped the first episode I was like whoa like this is it's a real thing now but yeah put it out in the world Mm -hmm. congratulations thank you this is actually my um first podcast I've ever been on so thanks for opening that up for me initiating me into being um in the podcast realms I love listening to podcasts and you know Love your podcast. So. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I'm honored to have you. I feel like you were like the, you had like the top, one of the top people on my list to get on here. And mm. I can gush about you the whole time. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm trying to reel it in, but I'm like, yeah, I'm very, very, the podcast world is, we're getting a wonderful addition by having you in this space. So well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my intentions for this space, this conversation is like to be in the space of gratitude I in reading the questions you sent over to me like just this discussion topics it really helped to um reading the questions and answering answering them like kind of in my um within myself and seeing like what discussions could come forth from them I'm like oh wow like it helped me to really see the wisdom that I've actually cultivated and started to embody in my life like on this path that I've been on I like to say since like 2013, I feel like that's when I kind of really anchored into being more intentional on like a spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And then just like, oh yeah, like I do have answers for these questions. (laughs) Like I do have like beliefs in this. I do have like values that I've um, cultivated and um, reformatted to like fit me and like this vision of what I'm wanting to live for my life. And so I just, I want to hold the intention of this place being, um, a beacon for both of us to um, bring forth and speak to all of the um, knowledge and wisdom that we hold that we carry that we've cultivated um, Mm -hmm. in our life Mm -hmm. and I think that's so I love that you said that when you were reviewing the questions it came to your mind like you realized how far you come and how much wisdom you have to share because that's how I see you as well and I think when you first initially hear that, oh, okay, I'm going to be on a podcast, it can be a little bit intimidating or just doing anything, right? It's intimidating to speak on these things, but really, yeah, you have so much to say. And that's why I really wanted to center around chatting with everyday people about everyday things that they know stuff about, because we don't need to be these, have these titles or validation from like author, other authoritative figures or whatnot to have our stories and our experiences and our perspectives be credible and valid you know exactly yeah so and I, f- I feel like um I feel like so many uh like part of you know the topic of manifestation not to like jump ahead and like jump into mm-hmm. things but just like what you're speaking to makes me think of how like much so many people struggle struggle with imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and the feeling of like not being good enough or like worthy or valuable to like you know do anything that's veering off course basically yeah yeah literally the limiting belief (laughs) Mm -hmm. but before we kind of get rooted into all of that good stuff can you tell us who you are 
who is Foxy? What do you do? How'd you get into that work? Who are you becoming? Where are you looking to become? Where have you come from? Mm. Oh, I always like. <laughs> yeah, it's like a this... hard question. <laughs> right. So I'm like making like a dating profile bio <laughs> or something like that. Like, who, how do I want to convey myself? Like, I used to often think about like how I didn't like when people first meet you they're like you know what do you do like to mm-hmm. anchor your value to like a profession and like mm-hmm. that like kind of like status marker but it does kind of help to orient like how do people spend their time that's how I like to think of this like how do you like what do you focus on mostly in your life because yeah. that kind of does shape who we are so um yeah my name is Fatima Nasir um I am recently 28 years old Woo! sexy ass year <laughs> he's like wow I feel like I'm officially officially rooted in my late 20s now you know seven <laughs> it's like late 20s but it's like still feels like a little weird transition place. yeah like a big um, clunk <laughs> basically <laughs> made it through the 27 club um past it um what do I do so I do a number of different things but like my current work like how I sustained myself is I am the director of operations at Channing Nicholas Incorporated so Channing Nicholas is an astrologer who's been doing astrology um, like started off as a blog and the newsletter and then has grown into this whole um, company and app get the Channing app yes (laughs) and um, so I feel like that really roots into like also other interests of mine of how like I like to spin my like focus with my mind is into astrology. I'm really into astrology. Mm. I'm a Pisces sun, mm. um, Aries moon, mm. and, a Cap- and a Capricorn rising. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and then I've in the past have like dabbled in different um, different healing modalities and like artist ex- art artistry expression modalities. That's like I still walk with and like kind of like I go in ebbs and um, flows of what I'm focused on more, but I've also like trained in yoga as a yoga teacher and somatic body work and um, herbalism and Reiki and other energy healing modalities. Um, She does it all. That's what she's (laughs) telling y'all. She does it all. (laughs) I really enjoy um, actually there was a period of time pre-pandemic because I feel like the pandemic changed a lot and like caused me to move from um oh yeah born and semi-raised in Berkeley Oakland Mm -hmm. (laughs) California um (laughs) but before the pandemic I was doing like creative embodiment workshops and really um enjoying exploring the intersections of like how healing through our bodies like untaps us to be able to like live in our creative expression so Mm. I feel like they all kind of make sense but they don't like I'm still trying to figure out all the pieces to how Mm. they fit together yeah and also I've done um documentary filmmaking too you know previous life (laughs) it's so much fun though to have all these different pieces rather than just I think it's such a luxury that we live in a world now where we can branch off into many things because we are so dynamic and we should not be forced to have to constrain constrain ourselves to one singular mode of being mm-hmm. so I love hearing those things because those are all opportunities to grow and develop yourself in a different type of way and I'm just like also shout out to the Channing app for real because <laughs> I swear I read every week I read the readings I'd be like Taurus rising Libra sun okay like you know so it's just kind of crazy knowing that Fati works there because 
when she first told me that I must have almost <laughs> jumped out of the roof I was like what you work for her like uh, okay but anyhow <laughs> and this is all I'm sponsored you know this, like, right I, mean, like, I literally downloaded the app like the day it came out I wasn't even working at the company yet you know it. and see that's <laughs> the exciting part is because we were already engaged with her work before you started working there so that's like the crazy part of it is seeing how you could tailor tailor yourself in the sense of following your passions and then you kind of sprouted into this place that aligns with those passions whereas I think it's always like a case of okay you go to you find the job and then you make yourself kind of like the job you know what I mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I love that your path has been constantly you kind of following what feels good for you and then things kind of opportunities coming and being attracted because of that and you know we've known Sounds a other. clean cut Girl, right and I'm not trying to like you know erase the messiness that goes into it or the courage but that's exactly what this episode is kind of about because it's hard to stay true to yourself it's hard to stay on that path mm-hmm. you know we've been we've known each other since we were like 19 20 years old you know Mm -hmm. so we were like babies we weren't yet babes but now we're like babes however it's still like you know we have (laughs) reference points for each other you know Mm -hmm. and that's to me I remember a Fati that was working through those things working through (laughs) (laughs) our first hangout laying out in the grass (laughs) on a memorial glade yes (laughs) but I remember so many things about our time like as at those points and how different things kept coming back to us so like things like writing or creative practices you know Mm -hmm. so do you feel like where you've emerged today aligns with who you imagine yourself to be at this time and of course I know that we grow and our goals change but there's still kind of those things that stay true right or continue on or consistent like I've always I still want to write and I still want to figure out how to make creation an everyday thing for me but do you Mm -hmm. feel like you stayed true to that reference point that you had those years all those years ago (laughs) um that's a good question I feel like um, my answer is going to be no Mm -hmm. but not saying that there hasn't been like I'm able to track back like a path like looking like a continuity looking back like I feel like that is the case I can see like oh that makes sense how I um wound up here but I Mm. won't say no just because I feel like for majority of my like adolescence and like youth I mean I'm still young but like you know like under 18 age I was very much like a tunnel vision type of person like very goal oriented Mm. like I had like a whole life planned out when I was like 13. Like, oh I'm like, gosh, okay. what was the <laughs> like, life? Like, what was the plan? Like, okay, I'm gonna, um, it kind of shifted. So in middle school, it was like, I wanted to really go to, maybe there was a period of time I wanted to go to USC. I don't know. I think because I like had a crush on Reggie Bush. Like, ah. I <laughs> so I, I don't know about that, but I think- Love USC will make you second. do silly things. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned into um, Stanford. And then- um, it turned into Columbia and then Brown or something like that. But it was always like, okay, I'm gonna go to some college. I'm going to um, major in human rights or political science. I'm gonna go to, I wanted to go to Columbia Law School and be in their human rights department. And while working at law school there, I'll be like a, a intern at the UN wow. <laughs> eventually. The details. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and then eventually I would work my way up somehow to become an ambassador to Italy. What? <laughs> From the UN. And then at the end of all of that, I wanted to do um, travel around making documentaries like uh, Lisa Ling. Wow. Okay, but that also wasn't too bad of a plan. That plan kind of sounds very interesting too, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I feel like it speaks to like, I mean, it's really, I think we can talk about this later on in our conversation, but I think remembering the dreams of our childhood is like super important for us to like kind of tune into like what we really value that's mm-hmm. not like clouded by um all the other status things or like security yeah. or other fears. And I'm sure like, you know, I'm a lawyer was part of like conditioning from my mom. Like mm-hmm. she wanted to be a lawyer. And then so it's like somehow like not directly, I can't like track having a conversation about it, but like that's became a vision that I held on to. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like that vision was rooted into like wanting to be of service and wanting to like help people and bring more love into the world and mm-hmm. to, um, you know, like to, like I wanted to do documentaries because I wanted to highlight like the stories of people from all around the world to show our like our connection and our um to help us promote the feeling of connection and like not us be so um disjointed and fighting each other and like not being able to see the humanity in one another yeah so that kind of sounds like the consistent part in some sense like the knowing that you want to be of service to people but um how interesting to kind of see here hear that plan because it's very yeah for at 13 having that it's very much so a very secure path in some sense a very Mm -hmm. um, stable and something that would be respectable right like people would be like oh yeah that's amazing I want to help you do that I want to help you into that that makes sense but that's not where we're at today and not that that's bad that's actually Mm -hmm. like it's just helpful to kind of look at that and be like oh wow you know this feels good for me and this is still doing the things I was looking for and it's so interesting to kind of discard those notions of what we thought we were going to be because I have no idea exactly what I thought I would be now that I think about it mm-hmm. I guess I thought maybe I would be modeling <laughs> yeah I feel like modeling was consistent yeah something like and painting too yeah and writing stories yeah. <laughs> so basically nothing that I'm doing right now <laughs> mm. like I still want to do those things, but I definitely think, um, and if people listen to the first episode, you kind of will hear my ruminations on how I kind of looked at law as a stable path to get to the entertainment industry and creative industries, because I think it is a fair way to get into it, but I just sometimes wonder how much more I could have gone in the belief of my, just my creative pursuits. And, you know, that's, there's never, it's never too late to try to do those things, but it's, mm-hmm. I see how the layers of fear, um, which we'll talk about a little Ooh. bit later yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. and practicality and security, looking at external validation and forces for security can really limit and restrict you and, you know, block your manifestations for the real things that you desire. Mm-hmm. So speaking on that, let's define manifestation and the law of attraction, according to our personal conceptions, because there's so many things out there about what that looks like, but what does Mm -hmm. manifestation mean to you? And what does that process look like for you? So I think of like the law of attraction, how I've understood it to mean is basically, I'm not even sure like where it could fully birth from. I don't know. It's like from people who are channeling this or just like, like people like, 
kind of sorting through knowledge from like different mystery schools and like more occult traditions to kind of like cipher out these different quote unquote law universal laws that kind of like reality um is built upon mm -hmm. and so the law of attraction being like what is that kind of like, like 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 attracts like and mm -hmm. so it um being like you internalize what it is that you're wanting to like reflect in the outer reality around you and so like holding on to that picture I think of Esther Hicks a lot or Abraham Hicks who um I'm sure it's problematic in a lot of ways. You know, they are an old white lady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've, I've got like people who have issues with her and um, like, whatever. I, I have issues with, a, I mean, I don't know. Like I'm really bad at sort citing things when I have like, oh, I remember hearing this and stuff like that. But just like how a lot of like new age spiritualism, like concepts and ideas are like actually really rooted in like eugenics thinking. And really like, and like white supremacist thinking yeah it's like you know like it's very individualistic in a lot of ways and I think like a lot of what present spirituality talks about in like manifestation like a manifest the life that you desire be mm -hmm. like you know it's all about you and you if you it's your fault that your life sucks and like if you, if you just got into a higher vibration then you would um you know, you wouldn't experience this, these systematic oppressions or blah, blah, wow. blah. And I've never really put the, that connection <laughs> together. Wow. That's very interesting. So I don't, I don't think, um, I, I think in expanding into the path and it's always a, a thing that comes and goes wavers into it. I was actually reading about this last night. And once again, I can't remember the concept, <laughs> but it's called <laughs> the name of it. Um, but it's like, I was reading it in the Tarot for Change book by Jessica Doerr. It's a really mm -hmm. good book um, for people who are interested in tarot practice. And she's a, um, she received her master's in social work and talking about this like psychological concept, I think it was called diffusion or something like that, where basically it's like, you can hold two realities. Like this can be true and this can be true to help you kind of like find the balance to different thoughts mm. as you like change your behavior and get find space to choose um, how to act and not being so like black or white in your thinking or in your emotions and so like even in speaking to like the um I feel like how like a lot of you know spiritual new age people <laughs> can tend to like embody a lot of abusive and like white supremacist behaviors and patterns it doesn't negate maybe some truth to yeah. what it is in that messaging and I'm still in my process of trying to like cipher out like what it is I want to keep and what it is that like doesn't serve me and like holding my, you know, what belief systems I hold is so important. But I, I think of manifestation to get back to all of the question. <laughs> as like, you basically, um, you, uh, tapping in to your ability to influence the greater reality. Mm. And I think of it in terms of like artistry and being a creator, like one, in thinking of like universal laws in the universe, um, people can use like different terms like a higher power, the universe creator or higher intelligence or source or anything like that to like speak to just this understanding that there is a grander order to things that mm -hmm. is beyond our comprehension, understanding and control. And I feel like manifestation is like being able to tune into that force that also animates us to then like be in a co-creator role oh I like that a co-creator <laughs> role it's like you're literally curating your reality 
Mm-hmm. I, what about you? Well, okay. So I'm just, I, I'm still a little bit floored about the connection that we just made to white supremacy <laughs> and new Sorry, age. I had to drop that. <laughs> I'm like, wow, shattered. But I really shouldn't be so surprised because there's so many things in this world that are rooted back to that. So Oof. yeah, it's it's not um, a surprise and it's so pervasive that it even taints things that are supposed to be liberatory, you would think would be liberatory. But mm-hmm. like you said, there's still a lot of, it can still be liberatory. It's just interesting to kind of hold those two dualities. But For me, manifestation, I don't have any like grand definition of it, but just literally like, I think of it as moving and putting out the energy that you want to receive and that you want Mm -hmm. to find and attract. And I guess it's something that I, I try to move with every day but it's also something that doesn't feel, it doesn't feel as easy to do because I don't know, like sometimes it's easy to feel as if things just kind of happen, but I feel like manifestation is something that's supposed to make you feel empowered and make you feel like I can, I have some kind of, maybe not control, but I have some kind of, like you said, role in creating the life that I want for myself. Like Mm -hmm. whether that's taking people out who are not fulfilling you or moving in a way, move, leaving a job that's not fulfilling, or you know, just kind of putting your energies towards the things that feel right, and letting those opportunities and things arise and sprout from that movement and that belief that the universe is working on your behalf and working for mm-hmm. you and has goodies to give you should you believe and trust in her. But um, yes. I, go ahead. I um, excuse me. I don't mean to interrupt you. I just like I really agree with that and I feel mm-hmm. like a piece of what you said felt really really like rang true in me of like that orientation of what feels good to me mm-hmm. to like and knowing I can have what feels good in my life and I feel like that perspective of like moving from the internal externally brings the feeling of empowerment of mm-hmm. like oh yeah I can have a life that brings me joy versus I feel like um in some ways when conversations around manifestation happens about like all focus on external reality and kind of still keeps us like caught in the same loops of like lack and scarcity and I'm not good enough and yeah yeah that is because it's it's like almost like I I think people think when you manifest or when you're doing a manifesting practice that if you don't see a physical result right away that it's not working and I'm not saying I'm immune to you know, though, to not having those thoughts, like there's definitely moments, like I didn't get this position that I wanted. And I thought, like, I literally thought it was mine, you know? And, Mm -hmm. but when I didn't get it, I was really, really down about it. But then I had to take a step back and be like, well, maybe for some other reason, there's a reason why there's something here that's not supposed to happen. It didn't click for a reason, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, what you said earlier about internalized you mentioned something about internalized um and I really really what that made me think about in terms of manifestation is like what happens if your internal signifiers are off or tainted or um if you are not able to kind of be in tune with what you want or if you feel kind of 
like like what you're saying about systemic issues and stuff like how is someone supposed to manifest when they have these everyday real real shit to be worried about or consumed by or like internalized things like homophobia or colorism or you know there's all these other things that I wonder how that impacts what you manifest but I guess manifestation is also subconscious and conscious thing so Mm -hmm. I don't really know what I'm saying with that but you know it's just like Mm -hmm. I think it's so deep no go Mm -hmm. ahead I think it's a fine line that I am still trying to understand Mm-hmm. I, I see it a lot in times and I could see the potentiality even in myself. It's like in thinking like you attract around you, like everything around you, the manifestation of what we are and we're constantly manifesting. I believe mm-hmm. that. I believe we are constantly manifesting. And like, um, it does feel like a um, hard and sad truth and even can feel victim blaming to be like, well, their reality sucks <laughs> like it's an like expression of you mm-hmm. but I do and I do like strongly believe in there being a consensual reality that we're all subjected to that's mm-hmm. like you know we have a collective reality we have a collective consciousness and unconsciousness and like it's not just like the sole responsibility of our own individual selves and also I feel like it is part of our work like you were saying talking about internalized like homophobia colorism racism sexism patriarchy all of that stuff it's like mm-hmm it is our um, responsibility to unpack how it is that we are um, basically asleep to following that Mm. programming and not making, not having our agency to uh, not continue to be defined by those structures, even though they exist in our society, but like not in your everyday actions and behaviors embodying it too mm-hmm. so with that how do you conduct yourself like with when you're manifesting like what's the energy you carry in that especially for thinking about okay it's we have a role we have agency in how we kind of choose to move about in our everyday yet we are still working within that structure what does it feel like for you when you're manifesting? What can someone look like or what can it look like for someone who's trying to move in that direction and mm. reject all the things around us that are telling us otherwise or have tainted our understanding of what we deserve and what we can get? Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Great question. And I feel like even through this conversation that I'm really enjoying, I feel like my definition of manifestation is like evolving yeah now I'm like am I am I rooting it because it seems like from what I'm sharing and like how this complication is like feeling for me it's like oh like I think I'm holding it like manifestation being around like our own empowerment and mm. um how we kind of take that back from ourselves you know take it back from our childhoods when we didn't have power mm-hmm. and like from our different like various intersections of identity politics that make it so like we have different levels of power we're given different le- levels of power value and like hierarchies in our society um and so in someone venturing into like really wanting to change their lives so I guess like if in holding like okay if we're already manifesting I feel like I don't orient from the space of like 
I mean, that's not true. There are some things I'm like, okay, like you know, <laughs> I, I like need to manifest the next place I'm going to live. Mm-hmm. And like, there's, there's things, right. <laughs> there's definitely things like that where uh, it's like, okay, I am more intentional about like what I am like writing out lists of like, these are the qualities I like and stuff like that. But I think how I'm understanding and growing into the understanding is like to get clear in the pictures of what it is that I do want and like mm-hmm. knowing that I can receive that and I feel like that is rooted in um like my own empowerment and like humility to ask for those things and knowing it's not just forth from me that I'm creating it but like I'm asking mm-hmm. the universe and like my guides and spirits to support me in having this to be so and like knowing I'm deserving of it too and I feel like so much of that work that the journey at least that I've been on is so much rooted in just like healing myself and coming back home to myself and learning what it is that I even like want and believe that's not just like you know force fed in my throat like you can manifest like I can't speak to the process fully but you know there's people who talk about manifestation like you know I manifested these like three homes and I got my Mm -hmm. dream car and I'm going on vacation twice a year to these Mm -hmm. like wonderful places and it's like that that doesn't mean um I, I had no value judgment to that it's just mm-hmm. like that's one expression of it but I feel like how I am trying to live with it in my life um and what my uh coach that I've worked with has like helped me to understand is about being intentional about what it mm-hmm. is that I'm basically focused on what it is that I'm wanting what it is that like I desire and just like kind of like opening myself to receiving that and like to get clear on that because I want to be happy. Like yes. I want to feel good in my own life. I want <laughs> yes. to feel so useful and so full and fulfilled and revitalizing. So it's like, I would say, I feel like I kind of went away from your question, but <laughs> no, no, that's the part of, that's literally a part of what that process looks like for you. It, like I love the idea of getting clarity because I still think that's a big thing in this for me. And it's funny because I'm literally on my computer desktop is my vision board for mm. up until November, 2022. Mm-hmm. And those are things that feel really good to me and that I want. And those are things that feel very clear in this moment. But if I think about the process of manifesting what I want, maybe next year or the year after, there's still a lot of, I still don't have a whole lot of clarity about what I want, but I know how I want to feel. And mm-hmm. those descriptions that you just said are ways that I want to feel, but mm-hmm. the clarity about what path that looks like I think that's where a lot of the anxiety of graduating or moving to transitioning to another chapter in life that's where a lot of the anxiety comes from what I'm thinking about how what I want to manifest because you know you kind of have to toe this balance between specificity and also like the universe is going to give something to you something that you might not know or might not expect so it's Mm -hmm. like really I think the feeling is the the thing that you have to focus on as Mm -hmm. opposed to like the thing mm-hmm. and that takes so much surrender mm-hmm. and so much trust and so much faith and yes. so much just like openness yes and like just to allow yourself to kind of um be rearranged by your life and like how what your life is showing you mm. um, rearrangement yeah. okay let's sit with that for a second because also <laughs> like the t- surrendering and trust like so I like we I mentioned off when we were offline for a little bit like I've had high emotions this energy because of something that took place two days ago but that's still in my psyche and really triggering because what it's doing is triggering my 
my, um, like you mentioned earlier, disempowerment as a kid, because as a kid, I didn't have the ability to speak up to this person in the mm-hmm. ways that they should have been spoken to and called out, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. So no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And that really impacted the way at my relationships, particularly my relationships with men, because mm-hmm. I do not trust men to actually be there. You know, I don't trust mm-hmm. that men will be able to see my worth and value my worth in a way that feels good to me, mm-hmm. you know? And it's also, even though that's a specific thing with men, this also kind of just impacted the way I look at my relationships with people because I feel those constant questions of worthlessness because the worth I was supposed to find from someone at home wasn't there. Mm. So it's just like, it feels, I'm surrendering to the universe. So I, I set my boundary. I'm reading this book that I'm going to mention a little bit later, but it's called The Language of Emotions by Karen McLaren, mm. who does work around empathic approaches to your feelings. And she notes that anger is like, a, it, anger. the motion of anger actually is a boundary setting signifier. So mm-hmm. I'm angry because my boundaries have been breached by your disrespect. Mm-hmm. And so if I want to surrender to the universe and manifest a life where we can have a healthy relationship where you are not disrespecting me, I have to communicate and be comfortable with that discomfort of, okay, this person's not talking to me. Okay. This person is maybe not going to give me what I'm looking for. Okay. This mm-hmm. person is not receptive to my truths but that's okay because I have said what I need to say. And now I can start to work towards the process of what it will feel like to have a healthy relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, yes, it's going to be a rearrangement and that rearrangement is going to be uncomfortable. That change is not going to be fun all the time. Manifesting is not going to look like, oh, I slept and I woke up and wow, <laughs> <laughs> it could be, but it's like, there's so many ways that it kind of materializes oh I feel like there's so much in there that (laughs) um I would love to like walk with and sit with but first it's like thank you for sharing that and like sharing your process and experience with that person that um kind of help you to gain a lot of clarity of like oh wait Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel this way with anybody so Mm -hmm. how can we adjust this so that um that's not the case because like you kind of standing up and like in your deservingness to not experience that yeah yeah because on my vision board is um fulfilling relationships and strong bonds <laughs> so <laughs> secure attachment yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no seriously <laughs> and in order to get those things I feel like you have to be ready to discard the things that are blocking you from receiving that and part of that is swallowing people's for lack of better words shit hmm. not doing that <laughs> But I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to turn this into a whole venting session. So I'm going to come back to what I think a lot of people have a lot of hard times with when it comes to trying to work towards the life that you want, which is faith. And maintaining faith can often be scary because, again, it's not something that can happen overnight. The things that you want for yourselves, (laughs) you know, and like, like we said, we've known each other since we were 19, 20 years old. And you mentioned so many different paths that you've taken to get here, you know? Mm -hmm. So how do you maintain faith and manifestation when you aren't seeing direct results? Like what anchors you? Oh, child, let me (laughs) tell you how much, I mean, I guess it's like, 
I mean, I'm like I said, I'm 28. I have a lot of life, hopefully, God willing, to live still. (laughs) And so it's like, I am still learning and in my experiencing of my life, but it kind of, it feels like in, like when I kind of broke off of this path of like, oh, there's more to this life than just like living this way that I'm wanting to explore. I actually want to explore what makes me happy. I want to actually, I've always been curious about this. Like, let me like explore this and like leaning into that energy more. I feel like before it's kind of like, you know, I dip my toe in into the trusting of the waters of life or the flow of life. And then like, you know, then I put my, my up, walked up to my knees and then I'm like, okay, okay. And then I get my hips and blah, blah, blah. But I feel like I've been constantly um, expanding into how much I can like trust and let go into trusting that the universe provides. And I think it's like a is this a saying in gambling or something like go big or go home type mm-hmm. of thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's not like go big or go home, but it's like the greater the risk, the greater the reward and it's mm. potentiality because it's kind of it to me, like in the place where I am right now, it's like a feeling of constantly jumping without the um, a net, basically constantly jumping and not feeling like, I don't know what net is there. I don't know what is happening. <laughs> but yeah. I really trust that. I trust myself and through that going internal of trusting myself, it's kind of like tapping into the trusting of what all has made me, what all surrounds me and what all like cares and loves for me and what I'm mm. weaved in to know that um, basically the ground is always an illusion. I learned that concept from Lindsay Mack who has, let's get another tarot, um, tarot person, which is interesting. I've been getting into tarot um, more. Girl, so you got to read my cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, she she has a podcast called Tarot for the Wild Soul. And um, she also has classes like teaching people how to like d- deepen their relationship with tarot. Mm. And in doing that work, it's like, you know, it's intuitive practice of listening to your higher self, to your guides, however you want to um, think of that spiritual support. And she talks about like, how it's like in in walking the spiritual path you realize how it's like not like that feeling of groundlessness which I feel like it's like kind of what you're speaking to in your question of that jump mm-hmm. from one place of reality to the next like this that's basically what it is like okay I'm I've been living my life this way I'm wanting to make a change first all that has been here has to be let go of mm. before I move into the next and so there's always that space of in between liminal space that is uncomfortable as fuck. Mm-hmm. It's so uncomfortable, it's so scary because it's so unknown, so mysterious. And it's like all the stuff can come out in that. Um, and then she speaks to how like just being on the spiritual path is like, well, you realize that the ground was always an illusion. Like you never actually had security. You Ooh. never, it was never actually like nothing. Things are real. <laughs> Reality is real. I don't want to get into like that, but also like to not to like get too heady, but also this like, it's so interesting how um, reality can restructure and reshape itself. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of like what this energy, that manifestation, like being a conscious manifester, man- manifester. Cause like, as we spoke to earlier, like you can manifest all the time. And like, you're talking about the belief of like, you know, oh, I don't trust people or whatever. Like anyone who has like beliefs instilled from them from childhood you've often ex- probably experienced those beliefs reaffirm themselves in your life mm-hmm. with people. I'm like, oh, see, see, this slide, this slide, this slide. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh. Which is like an expression of manifestation, but like in a more unconscious way. Yeah. And it's like how to um, 
I totally lost my train of thought with that. But basically, in being a conscious manifester, how you kind of wow, I totally lost my train of thought. But just kind of jump, yeah. <laughs> basically. No, but you gave us a lot of goodies in that. Like, girl, I put my hand on my head and looked out the window. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, woo, when you said that you've never really been secure, something along those lines. I'm like, yeah, I understand what you're saying about not wanting to get too heady because obviously reality is reality. However, the way I interpreted that is that a lot of people, for instance, financial security. People think because they have a job that they're financially secure Mm -hmm. and they're different from um, a person who's experiencing homelessness. However, all it takes is for you to not get that one paycheck and baby, Mm -hmm. you might be out there with them. So- or like one of those like Ponzi scheme scheme bankers and like all of a sudden all your savings are wiped out. Like, right. Or like the idea of money, like we, the money in the bank account and I'm swiping my card. Like I'm just believing (laughs) that this thing that I put meaning to Mm-hmm. this invisible thing that I put meaning to is somehow giving me worth to move through this world mm-hmm. so I complete that whole that is all in some sense yes it's real because it has real consequences and real impacts but it is also a question of meaning making mm-hmm. and value mm-hmm. and we are making the society that we you know we were living in as we operate every day according to whatever has been told to us or whatever we think we should be moving in like we all agree that money has value and therefore it has value. Money right. does not hang on it. I mean, especially if you talk about a debit card, like that's just some code. Yeah, it's <laughs> so all circular. Grant me access to all these different things. Yeah, it <laughs> is so circular. It's like, because because you think it matters, it matters. It matters mm-hmm. because you think it matters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's something you also said too about letting go. And that aspect of letting go is so uncomfortable and it's funny because you have to kind of be comfortable with letting go of things and that's in um, like honestly life that's a life lesson right (laughs) and if you're control freak like me it's like no what do you stop trying to pry this away from me what is wrong with you let go of my head we we both have that um scorpio north node node, and that's very much our lesson uh, oh my gosh it's like oh it is and it's like I'm so you know I'm so uncomfortable that whole thing makes me feel uncomfortable because I don't like to be out of control but this past few years have told shown me that control is a guise and you can't ever be in control we are never in control Mm -hmm. but how do you could you speak a little bit more to how you approach your practice of letting go especially knowing it's something you need to work on because I know that means it comes in waves when you're feeling good about it but it also mm-hmm. can be like dips when you're not feeling that good about it mm-hmm. I feel like thank you for asking yeah I feel like the work that I've been doing kind of over the past wow three years <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. in 2019 like in the more really focused like you know going to therapy every week um, I see a somatic therapist and mm. the practice for people who don't know, like somatic therapy is, um, a school of thought that basically like the soma, AKA our bodies has like such a significant, um, impact on our, uh, like uh, its connection to our psyches and our psychology and our emotions and behaviors, mm-hmm. um, as the book by what's his name, Bessel van Doc or cock or something like that. The body keeps the score. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's why my know. shoulders are all the way up to my ears. I'm stressed. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, like it expresses so much. I was literally rolling my back out 
the other day and like all these tears are coming up so stuff mm. like that our bodies hold everything and they remember everything our bodies have been walking with us in this like sacred relationship since we like you know left our um our birthing parents bodies <laughs> yeah um and I feel like for me I think about in letting go it's kind of like I feel like life is constantly letting go it's constantly like mm-hmm. he says constantly letting go because life is constant change and like change requires letting go and receiving. And it's like, it's kind of like a flushing, like letting life flush you out and letting life flow through you. And it's really, um, it can be scary sometimes, especially for people who um, I'll say have childhood trauma that yeah. they like kind of lived in this space of not feeling safe in life, not feeling safe in their bodies, not trusting life from their early experience of their caregivers where like, you know, they're let down and like basic needs not being met or all these things like, you know, life happens, trauma perpetuates itself. And we experience trauma a lot on an individual and collective level all the time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in my tending to working with that aspect of myself, my divine inner child is like, it kind of uh, finding my anchor, helping me to find my anchor within myself versus Mm -hmm. anchor to external circumstances. So it's like, it's not because I have this car or this job or these relationships that I feel safe and secure in my life or I'm able to um, let go of certain things. So that's basically what the crux of it is. It's like feeling safe to be able to let things go. Yeah. Like now like, I'm going to completely disintegrate and be destroyed if I don't have yeah. this in my life. I, I will evaporate and no longer be like alive or invisible or all those like very primal fears that can arise. And I feel like the work that I've been doing, the, the avenue that I've entered into like really working on um finding yeah finding my anchor within myself finding the healing the integration the interweaving with myself so I trust myself um to know that like nothing outside of myself is the source of my deservingness my value my love my happiness like it's like all those things can come in so many different avenues and waves and like they don't have to be um connected to these external pictures that's not saying like you know no one matters or anything like that I feel like but it's kind of like not um because like eventually we're gonna have to let go of this life we're gonna have to let go of everything baby that's a whole different conversation (laughs) (laughs) so it's like it's a constant practice Mm -hmm. so it's like how do we um find our wholeness and our meaning and even like I um I'm also like so many different things I forgot a whole other thing about myself is like I'm also um a birth worker a birth doula mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was gonna mention that but then I was like oh then I got confused if it was like mid midwifery and then no. I was like oh doula okay uh-huh yeah midwifery is like in the more it's like an expertise in the position profession of like actually working with the phys- um physiology right of like birth but like um, birth workers birth doulas is like more of like the understanding the physiology but working with like the emotional mental and mm-hmm. like physical comfort support oh with, yeah because um, we gonna need all of that okay <laughs> <laughs> um but I, I think of one of my teachers um Samaya Franklin who I did the my birth doula training with with Sumi's touch she speaks to like how like you know birth is the ultimate ceremony and the ceremony that all other ceremonies kind of replicate like any type of ritual like of like connecting in with a spirit and like thinking of like birth as literally like this place where the veil is very thin between life and death Mm because like this spirit this baby that like the birthing parent is like going into this depth 
to like bring this life forward. And in that, like, you know, as we, um, you may or may not know, listeners may or may not know like how high the um, mortality, the yeah. maternity mortality rate is in this country. Like, yeah, it's like, it's a very um, vital, precious, thin build time. And that time also presents itself in death as we like transition from this life to transition to the next life. And um, it's like that surrender, that letting go, that reminder that that's always there and is always present is I think really helpful for us to, not to be super morbid, but just to help (laughs) us remember how to actually open up to receive because of the temporariness of everything. Like how do we not let it be like a fear thing of like letting you like, you go into oh no like nothing matters everything's temporary I'm scared and I'm going to like kind of bury my head in this ground because like it's all overwhelming and that's I'm like okay like my tending to my inner child my tending to myself my emotions like kind of um really know what I mean and to really open to the presence of myself and the presence of my life because it is temporary so how do I like really uh receive the most of it and like as my coach said like squeeze all the juice out of this life because yeah it's flowing one direction oh that was a long goal <laughs> <laughs> but long so goal. much goodies so much goodies and it's funny that the last part about temporariness because I remember a few weeks ago so I was taking this class on future law and you know obviously that can be depressing I don't even have to say more about what mm. the hell mm-hmm. but the conversation was around how AI um AI developments can eventually substitute human performance. And once human performance is substituted, who's to say that AI won't, in a sense, turn around and, you know, dispose of humans as the waste of, in some sense, it's very, that's like a very sci-fi movie. <laughs> right. It's such a character. It's like, definitely not like a fine-tuned characterization of what the course was like, what that class is actually saying, but that's how I walked out of that class. I remember calling my mom and I was like, what's the point? what are we doing and like why (laughs) it's like everything is pointless so I love that you said that because yeah the reason why I took that class was because I was wanting to come or even starting this podcast and talking about these topics is all about confronting those things that make us scared so you can let go of that anxiety and fear around it so I love to hear that element of the practice linking that connection to letting go and just accepting acceptance Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean oh accepting that stuff is crappy or I can't do anything but just accepting that this is what it is it doesn't have to always be like this but this is the information I can receive from it this is what I can pull out from it and this is how I can move from it and I also really love the idea of incorporating the body into the practice of letting go because it reminds me of I don't know if you ever came to this event I held at the MCC but it was around trauma release exercises and oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, the shake- yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think we I think we're right next to each other, shaking our legs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we probably were. Letting go all that energy. I'm gonna mm-hmm. also link that in the sources. All of these things will be linked in the sources. But um, the trauma release exercise point was just to say that, like, the practice of you put yourself in these different kind of positions and let your body shake out like your body starts to shake and your body is like those shakes are kind of the release of your body of all the tension all the emotions everything that it's holding on to because like Fati said we're walking through this life and our body is being hit with mm-hmm. tag with all these things and I don't know why when I said that all I could think about was that song let the bodies hit the floor <laughs> oh <my> god <laughs> I'm surprised our bodies have not hit the floor, you know, like with how much 
we are overloading not only our minds, but our bodies and then expecting everything to keep performing and getting mm. mad when we're held back or when we're sick, when it's like, no, our bodies tired. are we're tired. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Anyhow. <laughs> Ooh, that's a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I feel like this episode is going to be long, but I'm sorry, y'all. Like we're just getting into it. And I'm like, <laughs> this is this like, is... I thought this was about manifestation. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not venting. <laughs> but right. That's the part of, of the part of it that gets overlooked. Is like, like you said, manifestation incorporates healing. Mm-hmm. And you can't start to manifest a life that feels good until you heal the things that feel bad. Because you're gonna destroy it. Yes. You're gonna keep destroying it. Yes. So I'm thinking also about um in the sense of like accepting stuff, right? Expansion. So I listened to this, I watched this YouTuber. Her name is Dominique Davis, um, beautiful black woman. And she does YouTube videos under the name Brown and Bendy. Go follow, go subscribe, go watch and learn. And she talks about in one of these videos, how manifestation is linked to expansion and this acceptance of expansion is going to come as change. And we all know that change is uncomfortable, but she asked this question, if expansion means the unknown, then how do you like, how do you feel when you're walking into something that you don't have a lot of control over? And I'm just curious what that feels like for you. Like, how do we counter our need to control things? Because like I said, you will have to take it from my cold hands. (laughs) (laughs) Rigor mortis grip. What do you mean? (laughs) Oh gosh. I mean, one way I feel like it feels like everything <laughs> it's like mm. I think um something that I appreciate in I mean I feel like astrology teaches that a lot too about how the cyclical nature of life and reality and like yeah. how things are cycles and it's not like even though some people because they want to sell you their course are going to like position themselves to act like they're fully healed um you know no pointing fingers but like you know that's like a very like I just think about like Instagram just like there's people like they just because that's their brand they have to like position position themselves as a holder of knowledge for Mm -hmm. people to come and drink from their cup to be healed (laughs) like them and it's like that's not true like it's constantly going back to the starting point of like oh I thought like you know I mean I think at some point in your healing journey you come like I thought I already healed this why is this coming up again we gonna talk like, about that so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like it's like it was because it's like you yeah it's coming up again but like look at how you hold it differently look how much you've grown yes. like how else can you see how much you've grown versus like oh yeah like you know me two years ago I would you know I would have yes. come up with like you know <laughs> ready but versus like oh like I um I'm able to track your growth and just like in speaking about tarot again as this is just something that's been more prevalent in my life over the past like two months or so and how like the major arcana it's um ooh, 17 18 cards I can't remember but it's basically starts with the fool and ends with the world mm. and how in that it's seen as a cycle like you're not always in this place of enlightenment of like I have overcome and I've made it like then you go right back to the beginning of like I don't know what's going on yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm just trusting I'm in the dark I'm in this liminal space I feel like in my life right now I'm in the liminal space as like I ha- am continuing to um, lean into my expansion to lean into like I really want to make the most of my life and so in that it's like I am choosing to 
be uncomfortable and lean into spaces of discomfort that are causing me to stretch and grow. And um, it's scary. It's scary. A lot of different emotions can come up. You can get activated or like, I use that word over triggered, but like same thing, just like different, like, you know, you start seeing your shadows come up or like the wounds mm-hmm. of your inner child, like all these things mm-hmm. um, don't go away. Even people try to make themselves like, seem like it's all pretty and put together. It's just like, you remember through your practices, what tools and resources you have to just like move through it. And it's a, it can, I mean, at some points it's probably always a mental concept but it becomes more embodied as you remember how temporary even those moments are like temporariness can feel scary and like oh my gosh like does anything matter but also like in those moments of the difficulty and the fears and also remembering like okay like me not having clarity me being completely in the dark and unknown is also temporary yeah um, yes oh girl the cycles that's a real thing because now (laughs) in 2019, when I moved to LA and started law school, I was like, I'm like, okay, actually goes back a little bit to after we graduated. I literally was like, oh, bitch. I'm I'm trying not to cuss (laughs) on (laughs) you. Oh, excuse me. I didn't know that was a thing or not. You're doing No, no, it it is. But there's certain words that I'm trying not to say, like, even though I don't think that those words are bad it's just like I know it can be kind of hard on people's ears sometimes <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but what I meant to say was oh, dang. <laughs> I literally thought after like all the radical thinking all the depth and delving into like you know woo-woo-ness that I was completely elevated you know, I thought I had oh, reached gosh. the whole, right. So mm-hmm. I really thought I was healed, y'all. I was like, oh, I'm ready to take on the world. Did that work? Cool. And then it's like 2019 to now, I've been going through so many things that I thought I had gotten over, like um, just referencing things that I've already said, like, you know, worthlessness or feelings of internalized um, colorism, just things that I'm like, oh, but I thought I already healed from that. And so I think it is definitely countering control means countering the idea that you're, um, you're done growing or Mm. you're done, like you have reached a whole new level. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, over above life. (laughs) Like life is looking at you like, girl, you just started. What the mm-hmm. hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely, I love that idea of because it's cyclical, you get to see how you handle things in a new way. Because I definitely have handled things in a new way, but maybe mm-hmm. sometimes got blinded by the fact that it was occurring again that I didn't get to see my um, response. So mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. that clarity on that. And I'm curious for like, what's the balance between manifesting and delusion? Because <laughs> Is there one? No, but right. Is there one? Because, okay, delusion, I know it has such a negative connotation, but I mean, like, literally the objective sense of just holding a belief that some would say is characterized as being contradicted by logic. This could fall, many things could fall under this. I feel like faith could fall under it. Um, Mm -hmm. Conspiracy theories could fall under it. You know, there's a lot of different ways to characterize delusion without it being negative, because I think in some sense, we're all kind of operating in our own delusion you know mm-hmm. so if we're like manifesting and we're putting our faith into something that we can't really see or if we're understanding things that society has structured faith as something that has to be physical 
you know, like mm-hmm. you have to have faith and or you have to look at the, the reality of things. Um, where do we balance manifesting and delusion? Hmm. Well, as a Pisces, yes, um, Pisces. <laughs> that is often like a characteristic that is prescribed to um, our sign, like the archetype of the Pisces energy. Like that's like in one, um, in thinking of it as a polarity, like to like one swing to the polarity, like being delusional, mm-hmm. meaning like not being able to um, stand in actually I don't know what the delusion the definition of delusion is but just yeah like not being concrete mm-hmm. um I guess in one ways like not um like things that don't follow the actual order of things like things actually like holding a belief about something that's actually different than how it's presenting itself or something mm-hmm. like that I think it's the balance of that mm-hmm. because it's like maybe rather than it being a balance that it has a time and place mm. like <laughs> for it like there's a time to like okay like all of my life or like you know there's no one in my life has done this but like that doesn't mean I'm like not afraid to take these like leaps of faith mm-hmm. to um do something differently um and I think delusion is like being so lost in your internal experience like I think people can get um can get into can get hooked and addicted to like seeing feeling how their power can manifest into manifestation mm. <laughs> like like I feel like it's like oh like look what all I can do look all I can do and like they feel their power but then like um you know sadly power can corrupt and like how it's used and like if it gets tied to just like our ego like our egoic sense of power and people just like you know well I'm gonna try to do this and this and this like you know people like freaking Jeff Bezos and like Elon Musk and stuff like that like they have a lot of power they have a lot of um, financial power and influence and like they're you know they're out here trying to colonize Mars and like weird like, shit what? like that like such waste of resources bro other people like <laughs> dying in their like factories and making crappy cars and all that stuff um and it's like that to me it feels like delusional it's like we you get so wrapped up in your own internal experience of life that you're also not able to open up your perception to also like remember to engage with life I guess mm. and like show, see what life has shown to you I don't know that's one thought but yeah. also I just wanted to share about like it's like I said I was in, I'm a Pisces and like you know one of the people make different stereotypes about Pisces but in one of the people that is synonymous with brilliance is Albert Einstein who's also a Pisces and he has this quote where he states like um I'm gonna read it that yeah. imagination is more important than knowledge for knowledge is limited to all we n- now know and understand, while imagination embraces the entire world and all there ever will be to know and understand. Mm. Um, and I feel like there is power and magic to remembering the magic of life and to kind of like tune into the symbolism and the subtleties of reality. Mm. But then it's like you can't get lost there either. Basically. Yeah. I don't know. No, I love that. And it's like the the reference to the um to the tech people <laughs> you know tech giants leaders of tech giants going to the moon is so funny because I was watching um the documentary Summer of Soul last night which is 
amazing. Ooh, okay. Amazing. I'm like, okay, they deserve to win. Questlove deserved that award because it was brilliant. But there's spoiler alert. This is a very quick snippet in it. <laughs> they is it a spoiler? it's well for what i'm about to say oh okay it's just funny because they were interviewing people in that same weekend that the festival happened um the first man landed on the moon and so they were juxtaposing these um reactions from white folks who were very excited about the the moon landing with black folks at the festival who were like i mean they were this news reporter was asking how do you feel is this more important than the moon landing they're like well the moon landing, that's cool and all, but what does that have to do with my everyday reality? People are struggling to find food, homes in Harlem, like, mm-hmm. and you're talking about the moon. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like, that is, it, I just kept nodding my head. I was like, that's hella real. Like, why would I care about you going a few feet up into space when down <laughs> here, there's mm-hmm. real things happening down here? And not trying to say that, like, um, work around, space is not important but I also don't feel like it's a priority to me you know mm-hmm. in my everyday and one of the um interviewees said it in a very interesting way like yeah it's important and valuable to scientists you know right <laughs> they're the sure. ones who are trying to understand this so it's important to them like sure it could contribute to greater human knowledge but everyday realities nothing has nothing to do with me <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like but, it's not really rooted in survival that mm-hmm. so many people are needing to function in. Right. But like you're showing this opulence and abundance by wasting millions of dollars. Yes. And one of them <laughs> was like, you could invest that money in these communities. I need the money. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to say defund stuff. I'm just saying like, it's an interesting thing that we put value on. And then it's interesting what gets coded as delusion and what mm-hmm. gets coded as escapism or... Um, just sur- surrealness you know it's like very interesting to see where value gets placed on things and who gets the title of valid mm-hmm. um valid delusion because someone had to sit there and be like yeah let's go into space yeah. <laughs> let's do it i know let's, we can right <laughs> put a flag on there <laughs> <laughs> i like actually think about that i really like the um like epistemology and like like the study of how knowledge is seen as valid and like who mm. is given that right to be seen as like a valid knowledge source and like how yeah, yeah it's like white men scientists become like this the source of like well that's truth that's not delusion mm-hmm. that's like you know because our, our reality is shaped to uplift that <laughs> like yeah. reaffirming that versus like you know indigenous people all over the world have been able to navigate whole oceans using the stars yes. they understood it more than you do now right um and you're trying to use your white man's knowledge to like legitimize that indigenous knowledge but huh. that's a whole nother excuse me i'm all like <laughs> no no because it's along the lines of delusion and i think that it's this these responses are very helpful to think about the fact that it doesn't again when we're saying delusion it's not trying to code it as something negative but literally just in an objective objective sense of if something is a delusion, if something is a delusion by being contradicted by logic, then where do we draw that line? And I think that it's so interesting to think that our ideas of what is delusional is again, linked back to and shaped by our societal and social constructions and being led by very, um, being rooted in a lot of right, white supremacist mm-hmm. beliefs. So. Mm-hmm. Like who has authority over what's true? Mm-hmm. Well, over truth and like, you know, right. from a different perspective, different things are true. Right. 
so it is very <laughs> much so I'm like girl there's so much being said here that I'm like I didn't realize these conversations would go in this way me either <laughs> <laughs> like wow like this needs to be like two episodes I know girl don't give me ideas because maybe (laughs) maybe but let's talk about interpreting signs of your manifesting work because sometimes I get into this thing of like oh I I see the signs so this feels like this must be that I mean that I'm doing something right you know Mm -hmm. or this must mean that I'm doing something wrong but it's kind of hard for me to distinguish between a sign or if it's a like piece of my ego you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. like for instance disclaimer I love like I know whatever I'll end up doing at work let me not say I love anything that's but like <laughs> I know that whatever I end up doing for work I'm gonna work hard at you know mm-hmm. but as I transition to building a career I like find myself saying that certain jobs aren't what I want but then I start to wonder if my real issue is that I just don't want to work <laughs> you know? mm. so then I'm just like you know like is that is is it a sign that I shouldn't be at this job or is that just my ego saying, oh, but why can't we just lay in bed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you know if you're not excusing your behavior? You know what I mean? I guess that's kind of like talking about delusions. It's kind of like for people to decide for themselves. Because mm. eventually, you know, like, your life is going to show you what you're doing and what you're not doing. Mm-hmm. And also, okay, so there's a whole actually other piece to this there's two ways of, there's two my mind's like split, splitting down two tracks like one the signs of manifestation but also like the imagination that we're living in um under once again talk about white supremacy and colonialism that like these people deeply fatigued and like not actually being able to care and resource themselves in the ways that we actually need as humans <laughs> so it's like yeah talking about like oh, I just want to lay in bed it's like who's to say you don't need that and like that's very like, real what like you're not like you know slavery was rooted like our whole model of labor and capitalism in this country is rooted on slavery and slavery was literally the ownership and control over entire peoples and their descendants lives hmm. controlling their workforce like you know like people working through inhumane conditions to produce capital and wealth for these the slave owning class Hmm. like regardless of what they were doing at risk of severe punishment like mutilation death all of that like being separated from your family like all these traumatic things so it's like that mode of being survival um is code and that doesn't just happen like you know in the in the for the african-americans like who were colonized and enslaved in United States is like also that colonization to take place on the continent of Africa too and like how mm-hmm. that's encoded in our body and it's like I don't know I really like um what is her last name Trisha from the nap ministry um do you know the nap ministry Mm-mm. oh girl okay so the nap ministry is um hold on I'm gonna find out what her last name right yeah right I'm now. Like, be up on the game Come on. <laughs> I totally believe like always um citing black women's work yes because um, we're out here doing everything okay <laughs> we are in everything doing everything <laughs> mm-hmm. oh exactly leading the floor leading the way <laughs> um trisha Hers- hersey hersey mm. is from the nat ministry um brilliant woman often talks about like the root like the kind of like with this piece of conversation i'm talking about and like how 
um, important is to rest and like to rest and to dream. And like, we have to be mm-hmm. able to rest, to be able to dream into our new futures and new realities. It's not yes. just us being like this cog in the machine that we're grounded, that grounding it down. So like we have to give our whole bodies, our whole life, our health to the system that is dependent on that level of exertion that actually doesn't sustain us in our lives. Yeah. And, um, so I think that's really interesting to that question about like, how do you validate if you're doing enough and if you're enough I'm like shoot like you know you do that for yourself mm-hmm. some people like you know like, like Kim Kardashian quote which was like <laughs> y'all need to get out here and work and then people are coming out like girl you didn't pay us <laughs> like, like, her. it's like yeah she's like how like that's like the I don't know how much of that is delusion of lying to oneself versus like strategic trying to brainwash people into being mm. like believing that they need to be like you know giving it like you know I feel like we're in the workers revolution right now yeah so I think it's really cool and important how people are like kind of taking about back the um, value of their labor and stuff yeah and all that to say that you know I only pose that question because I think that's important to hear you say things like this you know especially like uh reference to the first episode where you know mentions that we're in a hus there's a whole hustler culture that's mm-hmm. being like super lauded over everyone like this is it like you want it you go grind you go get it and it's like yeah you know we do all these things but I I'm I am a Libra (laughs) (laughs) Taurus rising (laughs) with a Taurus rising oh I I want I too want a life ease literally I want beautiful aesthetics around me and I want to wake up with petals rose petals around me and Mm -hmm. to open the windows and the birds are sweet singing to me as the the breeze of the waves rush in brewing a hot warm cup of coffee as I sip and journal and think about how I want to write for the day or you know writer's retreat right I have 80 pages 80 pages of my first novel so I will be looking for retreats you know (laughs) oh that's wonderful but um all that to say that yeah I think I need to hear that too because I really sometimes I get confused within myself like I don't know am I doing enough like or okay am I just kind of whining about it you know but it's so helpful to kind of hear that yeah there is scholarship being done about resting and dreaming about our futures and also it's okay to want to rest and like you said as you open this your life will show you what's happening around it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like mm-hmm. that will be the biggest sign <laughs> I mean I feel like there's a difference between trying to escape your life from mm. like I mean either way is like you're obviously depleted and your needed needs to be you need some needs to be met like yeah if you're trying to escape like I'm not like people who have drug addiction like that's a mental health social public health issue mm-hmm. that like people have like are so under-resourced so like that's the one way they're finding to be able to cope with the craziness of this reality and yeah. like if you need a rest is like how are you going to tell your body that's lying to you like you're not right. sleepy no you need to work more and, like, yeah people, like p diddy and um who like nas you know like sleep is a cousin of death and all that stuff like I'll sleep when I'm dead. It's I'm, like, oh gosh, like no, how? I will sleep right now. I'm going to <laughs> sleep right now, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also like when we went, where you know, I know everyone can relate to this. Pulling all nighters, I don't believe in that anymore. Like, even oh, though guy. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> we cannot, girl. I'm like the latest I can stay up and be productive at this point is like maybe is 12 maybe if I really need to I'll go to two but my mm-hmm. body's natural alarm clock now is around 7 38 so I'm only hurting myself if I choose to do anything later than 12 matter of fact if I'm not in bed by 11 
it's like, I know that tomorrow I'm going to start off a little bit groggy and that can mean I'm going to start off a little bit mean, which can mean that my energy is going to be a little bit twisted, which means I'm going to get a little bit twisted, twisted energy right back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. so, yeah, rest y'all sit down. Um, Um, so we're moving through this conversation and I'm loving this flow, but I know I have to start bringing it towards kind of like an anchor to leave us at a good place. But before I do that, I want to just talk about time and manifestation because the concept of time arises in different ways for manifestation. Like you need time to actually see the reflection of what you're manifesting and what you're desiring. But there's also like another view of time being drenched by fear that you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not achieving your actual goals. And I would start off by asking you how you feel about that. But I think, I think we've kind of discussed, we've teased out some things around that. So I'm going to actually pose you something more around um, a different understanding of fear and what that fear could be caked in. Um, so I mentioned Carla McLaren earlier, who has this beautiful book on the language of emotions. And she kind of notes that fear is an important role in our range of emotions. And it's fear is not worry or anxiety, terror, or panic. Those are actually feelings that take over when our instincts have been overwhelmed. Hmm. Rather, Hmm. when fear is free-flowing, meaning when we have a healthy relationship with our emotions, letting it flow rather than blocking it, either by societal forces or trauma, then it can serve as its instinctual purpose and evoke agility, balance, safety, and relevant to our conversation, intuition, as it gives us the ability to identify, sort, translate, and act upon our physical and emotional cues. Cues, excuse me. Um, so with that interpretation and taking away, just looking at fear objectively, not considering socioeconomic or cultural factors about where one came from that could maybe disguise your fear and other things, with our conception of fear, how can it play a healthier role in our interaction with time so that we're not so afraid of time? Hmm. I feel like that quote is everything. And I feel like what I've been like talking about through this episode is like the importance of kind of coming back to ourselves and like letting mm-hmm. it all flow through us. Cause like, I guess to me, that's not like, you know, being in delusions, not um, being in like, integrity with ourselves and mm-hmm. like what is it like our bodily cues and our like thoughts and emotions like they are information and like a lot of that stuff cannot be rooted in the present but it's still like information for us to like sort through and weave through to actually understand and discern what our truth is mm-hmm. um and I feel like fear and timelessness or sense of time um <sighs> I know fear is natural. <laughs> we feel mm-hmm. fear. Fear keeps us safe, um, and it depends on like, under like what circumstances are we feeling fear? Like if we're feeling resource and like you know, no, I shouldn't walk that way. Something like you know, like your intuition tells yeah. you like, no, that's not a good idea, and like how that can like save you from like different things or feeling fearful of like, you know, I'm afraid of heights, and it's like you know, because you, you really can't like you don't. It's like a lower chance of survival if you fall from higher heights. So you know. <laughs> It's like some like ingrained patterns in that a lot of times I feel like fear can be like our program survival mechanisms that mm-hmm. aren't real anymore to like how we can survive and like what other choice and paths we have like as we evolve and like mature basically. Yeah. Um, but it's relationship to time. 
I think that's something that we kind of all experience because time structures our reality. Mm-hmm. It, like to put us like into a consent, cons, uh, sequen, what's the word? Sequential <laughs> <laughs> order of events to like have like the cause and effect and like time like moving us forward basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like to what we spoke to earlier, fear of like time running out of having to let go of having to like you know face that ultimate letting go which is like transitioning from this life is like I feel like that's kind of like what the time piece can do come into and like oh what did I do with my life and you know people often think about like you know how do you want to feel in your deathbed or like you know like what legacy do you want to leave behind to think about like how they're using um their time um I was actually speaking with my friend about this like maybe the night before last of like facing fears and how um I don't know like not to diminish like you know be fearless or whatever because like that's not nor like that's not possible to not have fear but like how we work with our fear to continue just to give us information about um our surroundings yeah our surroundings Mm -hmm. what's blocking us what Mm -hmm. like we still have to work with um and I guess to tie it, last thing I'll share, just to tie it to time again, I know I spoke to you about like how the intention I've had for the past couple of months with myself is to feel a feeling of timelessness because like I get a lot of anxiety. Um, Like I was even telling my friend, like sometimes I get anxious even watching um, movies at nighttime, like on the, um, on a work night or something like that I get really anxious I'm like I was trying to unpack why it happens but I feel like it's really rooted into like time passing by and me mm-hmm. not having control of the time passing by and all of a sudden like yeah it's 11 o'clock now I need to go to bed oh no it's gonna be the next day and like that yeah thing. <laughs> like, yeah because we're at its mercy if you're looking at time is just you know time is not personal it's like an objective ruler over everyone mm-hmm. versus when you talk to me about timelessness that feels very much so subjective but also exactly something that's in relationship or in relation to your context and your surroundings allows you to be present because you're actually taking in information about what where you're at what's happening around you and how you mm-hmm. feel exactly that's exactly it I feel like that's what the timeless piece is is being present and like mm-hmm. how we have to feel all the things to be present mm-hmm. just like the quote um that you shared from the book um what was the title again the language of emotion the language of emotions it's like how to um like we have to be in connection with all of our senses mm-hmm. with our reality to be present and like in that I guess we're not projecting you know stories from the past or projecting onto the future of like what to be and like I, I just I guess it comes in waves but like yeah. that like I'm sure people who dabble in any type of artistic expression they've had those moments where they're like drawing or writing something like you know really in the zone and oh my gosh like, like that like, movie soul yeah and the exact yeah it's like where did time go like you go into a different reality where time kind of moves differently and mm-hmm. it's like I, that is a subjective internal experience but hmm. huh, I don't I don't know but <laughs> I mean and I wouldn't expect you to know because it's also an element of this is something that everyone has to sit with for themselves because mm-hmm. we are all different people and we all have to keep on figuring out what things look like for us but I think it's super helpful to just have the conversations and open up the space so people can kind of bounce ideas off each other and kind of figure out what their practices can look like 
Um, right. Especially would, because, oh, sorry, go ahead. Because I would love for people to write in, like hear people's thoughts on all these questions. That I know. Maybe we'll add that because I will be very interested as well. Because I'm also someone who I be talking to people a lot. I'm like, so like in this last month that I'm trying to figure out what's going to be next. I've been talking to so many people just because I'm, that's my, that helps me talking to other people, helps me see the possible, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. I guess, something that can be kind of related to time because in timelessness, because we are still operating in quote reality, unquote, but, um, you know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that you still have to be cognizant of that are still ruled by time, but where the spaces and the gaps that you can actually experience timelessness and maybe that's also around just setting intention to do that for yourself or um when I was in the DR I was gonna go do work but then I just was like no I'm just gonna be here you know and being Mm -hmm. there let me kind of think about things and let me kind of like move in a way that was just very like fluid and let me check in with myself and actually kind of figured out some things for myself that I was like not expecting to think about but ended up thinking about while I was there because I was just fully immersed in that experience of Mm -hmm. and I bet you had because you had that time to rest you had that time to dream that time to be present and then in that I'm sure that's shaped what it is that you're wanting to bring forth in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely noted that like, yeah, I'm not going to vent some more to y'all because y'all are probably like, we don't need another life story. But <laughs> I definitely sat with a lot of stuff that was very helpful to think about how I can move forward. So timelessness, a practice, that might be an episode on its own. <laughs> mm. But we, you mentioned coaching earlier and it sounds super dope. Like I've, looked at coaching for one person the prices were a little bit crazy but (laughs) for those of us who are less clear about how that works can you distinguish it from therapy or is it the same thing um I guess it depends on who you're going to and like what you're looking for because I feel like there's so many different people I feel like coaching has kind of become like a new way that people like act as consultants you know like Mm -hmm. people having a certain skill set or expertise that you're wanting um, their support in and advice in to help you achieve similar goals and similar aim. So I feel like coaching can have more of like a, it's like, I think of therapy sometimes, like, you know, like, let's see what comes up and like, let's unravel it mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like track it. And like, also like giving you tools to like support yourself. And I mean, coaching could potentially be like that, but also I think that's, you know, be very, discerning about what skill sets your people you're seeing for any type of support actually have so that you're not Mm. being um guided by people who don't have the skills and expertise to actually guide you with or support you with what like one facet of yourself like we're very multifaceted people and so it's like I think of it as like I want to boost up my support and system and resource myself because like you know I'm trying to be brilliant yes (laughs) yes like literally like uh go super saying in every aspect of life that's exactly <laughs> trying to get that free flow and chakra going on in here you know mm-hmm. like okay let me create this over here and let me do this let me feel so revitalized I feel like instead of maybe like oh this coach helped me manifest is like kind of like what are help me see what blocks I have to be able mm. to like therefore achieve like support me in overcoming overcoming these hurdles 
to achieve the goal that I have that I want to achieve like basically in what realm are you wanting to manifest? yeah like some people have like you know their expertise is coaching for like people who run businesses and so it's like you run a business or you're trying to start a business and be entrepreneurship and that's like the coaching you want and like in that like because everything's connected other stuff is going to come up too mm. <laughs> like every because everything's connected or you're an artist and you want like you know like the book the artist way and like you want to go um receive you know coaching or a workshop whatever and something that helps you like tap into your creative expression whatever it is or it's mm. like you want to unlock more of your like intuitive gifts and like that's a, a coach who like has that as their expertise or something like that but Damn, whatever cool. avenue yeah because I'm like I I would love to get into to, I'm I'm so interested in finding a coach but that I was like I think I saw 375 I was like oh well yeah it's yeah it's it's pricey but I guess it's also like you pay you pay that for other things in life and it was also going to be like over four weeks and stuff so it's still pricey but I guess it's also like what are you willing to kind of invest in because we invest in things every day Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my um my friend I don't remember the book he was reading but he told me this quote that stuck with me for years but from the book that love money and happiness all want to be free-flowing and mm. so like to like not like try to like you know some people they like, hoard money by just like keeping it in like a savings account and mm-hmm. like it kind of can grow some dividends or something like that but it's not really growing versus people who like invest their money and let it flow out to then come back to them yeah um, and Ooh. so I feel like yeah it's like not like except like you know it's gonna move you don't spend that money <laughs> regardless yeah, yeah. I have kind of looked at money like that <laughs> which is probably not always the best thing for me to do because I can justify buying myself something like justifying needing to drink water. So. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> you need it. I guess you need it. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to work on my financial health too. No, same. Like, ooh, especially as I'm like, baby, these bills are finna be like to Ozichi Emasium. <laughs> like, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, but anyhow. Um, we are, we've had such a beautiful, beautiful conversation. This has really made me feel very empowered, but also super ready to kind of, um, sit with myself some more to think about what I want, because like I said, the idea of what I want is actually less clear to me than I would think. I have abstract things that I I know that I want Mm -hmm. in abstract ways that I want to feel, but you know, specificity, like said, we don't need to be super specific, but I'm also like, I love the idea of thinking about what's blocking me from the next stage. And I think this conversation just given me so much to sit and chew on, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just find your, your journey so inspiring because, you know, outside of you just being you, Fati, my light you know my friend is really (laughs) really you just brought so much joy and so much value to my life um but what Mm -hmm. I love about your journey is the fact that you have been so committed to honoring yourself your spirit and your truth and like said it was messy because I've seen I've seen what that looks like I have witnessed it with you but you kept following that you know and you kept honoring that and you come to a place that looks really good on you and I'm oh, so excited you, to see what else comes out of that. But mm-hmm. what advice would you give to folks in honoring their spirit and manifesting the life in person that they want to be? And I know we've talked about so much, but we have mm-hmm. to leave the space with advice. Oh, I think it's a beautiful and beautiful, worthwhile journey. 
that can be, be very uh, strenuous and testing of endurance at times. And I feel like one piece that when we spoke about time and timelessness and everything that wasn't, um, we kind of touched on, but didn't speak to directly, but kind of like the importance of timing, like in timing, structuring ourselves, it's like, we have to be ready to meet the things that are ready for us at a certain time. And some, like, I don't know if you believe like in destiny or fate or anything like that, but like, um, in one like school belief that I hold is like we have like our divine appointments to like you know this there's mm. only there's a certain timing where things materialize in a certain way and so in that it exercises our uh, patience in um maybe in some part of ourselves feeling like we're like you know capable of so much more and wanting to like you know if you're thinking about like a kid like you see children like little babies they like they want to like walk like the big people they want to go running but like their bodies aren't actually ready to Mm -hmm. run yet and they have to go through those steps that can feel laborious and tiring and patient to um move on to the next and so I think just trust trust yourself that's basically Mm -hmm. I feel like the biggest piece is trust yourself and continuing to like tune in and listen to your heart yes I love that I feel um I feel that baby reference so much in the divine appointments because yes, I do believe in destiny. Um, especially because I am, I'm spiritual, but I also still do believe in God and I still do listen to church sermons on certain things because it does give me strength in this period in my life. Um, but I guess I would also add as advice that, you know, to find value in yourself as opposed to the external things really 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 reiterating that I remember Mm -hmm. in college or I went back to the MCC to do something the Multicultural Community Center at Berkeley by the way when I say MCC but um I went back or I lied I didn't go back I was it was just in a process of like talking to someone while I was in school and I was working there and my name means message from God And I used to tell people all the time, I'm still trying to find what the message is. And then Mm. someone told me, you are the message. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And, you know, not Uh, in like some like cocky way, but just the idea that we have to stop thinking that everything else is outside of us and mm -hmm. we don't have value within us. So if you, you know, going into this work means, like we said over this period of this conversation being able to know that you have inherent value and you have inherent worth and you deserve good things because that's just it that's just the facts as a human being on this plane of existence you deserve good things Mm -hmm. and that value should always always find its source within you and not from the external structures that we are interacting with every day but this was so such a dense I know we have conversation so there's so much we have barely even scratched the surface (laughs) oh so many gems so much yeah right there's so many different like different strains we are just like threads we could have walked down Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Um, I'm appreciative of time yeah I'm so appreciative of you and I'm thank you for joining me thank you for holding space with me of course, yes. I'm appreciative <laughs> of you and all your light, your messages, your um, what you're building basically, and like how this spirit of generosity of like wanting to like 
bring forth conversations like encourage people to like view and think of their lives and like reflect on their lives and um kind of shape how they're choosing to venture into their life you know we're all trying to get free and so mm. I appreciative you and like how you're stepping into your uh, role and supporting that journey not just for yourself like in freeing yourself but also like promoting it for others thank you friend i'm cheesing out the window now <laughs> <laughs> and on that note i'm gonna see y'all the next episode and fati i'm gonna see you soon in person right <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>